Hi, I'm Felicity and welcome to We Are YA The Check-In, a weekday chat with young adult authors. We're checking in and seeing how your favourite YA authors are doing during this time at home and also, of course, to talk about their books. My guest today is Andrea Robertson. Andrea Robertson began writing novels after a horse broke her foot. Twelve books later, she believes that horse must have been an agent of fate. Prior to becoming a full-time writer, Andrea resided in the academic world where she was a professor of early modern history. She now lives in Southern California with her husband and two dogs. Andrea previously wrote under the name Andrea Kremer and her books include the New York Times bestselling series Nightshade. Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi, Felicity. I'm so excited to have you on the show because I've known about you for so long, but we've never spoken. I know. It's a delight to actually be able to speak to you. (laughs) Well, where am I speaking to you from? Where are you now? I live in Claremont, California, which is uh, about uh, 30 minutes east of downtown LA. And uh, it's a a college town. Uh, Claremont colleges are here. Uh, The most well-known of those are probably Scripps, Pomona, and Harvey Mudd. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's kind of claimed to fame as its, its slogan is called the City of Trees and PhDs. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it really kind of looks like a place out of a Wes Anderson film uh, to mm-hmm. the point where Claremont actually made a video for their like travel advertisement that is it was pur- pur- purposely made to look like a Wes Anderson film and it's, <laughs> it's hilarious if you want to see where I live if you google Claremont Wes Anderson you can okay see. <laughs> it's I, pretty fun <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dying to do it right now but I have we have we have to ask we have to talk first Sure. But in terms of the so with this, are, are the schools in your area closed? Is it quieter? Or is it? Yeah, everything is closed. Uh, the colleges shut down um, for at the time of their spring break, and then the spring break was extended for two weeks, and mm-hmm. then they switched to all online starting next week. I know this because my my husband is also a history PhD, and he is teaching a course at Pitcher College this spring, so he's oh, wow. busy working on switching all his materials over to online right now. Oh, that must be so hard. I don't I don't envy that at all. Yeah, it's 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 a big switch for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well. But talking of big switches, we are only about 40 days away from Forged and Fire and Stars release date. I know. Tell me, I know it's very exciting, <laughs> but for those who've not heard anything about this book at all, tell me, tell me, tell me your pitch. Tell me the book. Forged and Fire and Stars is the story of Ara, who is a 15-year-old girl who is an apprentice blacksmith. And one day she is unexpectedly encountered by two exiles who are the twin heirs to the throne of Setland, which is the kingdom in which she lives. And it was overthrown by a conquering empire uh, when she was just before she was born. And her father was the legendary lore smith, uh, a blacksmith who has the ability to forge weapons uh, that have extraordinary powers. But because she wasn't born yet and wasn't trained by her father. She has not inherited these powers. Um, and so she has to figure out the, the twins who arrive believe that she is the key to, re, you know, reclaiming the kingdom. But mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. has her doubts about whether she actually can do that if she actually has the abilities that she supposedly does, according to legend. Ooh, that's <laughs> I love it. The mysteries. Who's all? Oh, I love it. It's all good. Oh, thank I, you. I, I, and I also think twins are always going to be a, a bad thing, in a, in a good bad thing. <laughs> like a bad thing. Any, anytime twins show up, stuff happens. It's true. You know, these are my first twins that I've written oh. about. 
And um, I actually, when I first began working on Forged and Fire and Stars, I, I didn't, I thought they might be an, an older sister and a younger brother, but then oh. I realized with their relationship that there was something much more going on there and that they, they actually needed to be twins. Um, yeah. And so that was, that was an interesting thing that developed as, as I was writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I think for so many of our listeners, it's been a while since you released your release book, and mm-hmm. many fans will probably know you from we talked about it in your bio, Nightshade series. Yes, when you wrote as Andrea Kremer. So, what's been happening, and where, how, where, where do we find you now? Uh, very complicated life has been happening, yeah. as, you know, <laughs> as as recent events have shown us. Uh, comes when you mm-hmm. don't expect it. Uh, so, what happened was. It was around the time I was finishing up the Inventor's Secret series. Uh, mm-hmm. I became very ill, and it was uh, something that the doctors couldn't identify for literally a few years. Mm. Yeah, and it was um, it, it completely uh, got in the way of my ability to write, um, but really in my ability to do much of anything at all. And I was finally mm-hmm. diagnosed uh, about a year and a half ago with fibromyalgia. Oh. Yeah, it's it's not a picnic. I, I feel very no. fortunate because uh, I was able to find treatments that help me. And so mm-hmm. my, I would say my life is, you know, it, it's a chronic illness, so it's always there. But I, I would say I've returned to about uh, 80% normality, which is really excellent. Um, and oh, I'm good. thankful for. So yeah, so that's, that's where I am. Um, when I first started writing the Nightshade series, I was actually married. Um, to a different person than who I'm married mm-hmm. to now. And that mm-hmm. was uh, a very unhealthy marriage and I really needed to get out of it. And I did, but I had already been writing as Andrea Kramer. So we continued that through the Inventor Secret series. But when mm-hmm. there was this big break, uh, it came up that maybe I would like to write under my real name. Uh, and and I was thrilled. I was thrilled that that was even a possibility. Yeah. It was very freeing for me. And uh, so, yes, I'm very excited to continue uh, as my true self. <laughs> yeah. And I think there's something really empowering that almost matches the story of like yeah. a, an identity that Ara has and now coming and claiming that mm-hmm. and figuring out who you are. I think that's a really nice parallel that's sort of running there. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, I didn't even, I think it's one of those things where I, I subconsciously knew it as I was writing it, but then yeah. as the more I've thought about it, the more it's become really clear that is this, the journey mm-hmm. full of doubts and then, but, but really realizing the power in, in claiming your identity. Yeah. It's such a classic thing though, too, where mm-hmm. like you don't realize it as it's happening. And now looking back, everyone from the outside would be like, well, this is what it was. Yes. And you're like, thank you, Eddie Expert. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, and also Fortune of Iron Stars is a little bit different from sort of what you've written in the past mm. in that it feels a lot more of a traditional fantasy, yeah. like it almost has a, like a Lord of the Rings kind of vibe mm-hmm. to it. Is it something that you've always wanted to write in that direction or is this just something that you, as you sort of had a bit of time, felt a passion towards? You know, I thank you for saying it has a Lord of the Rings vibe <laughs> because, of course, like many fantasists, this is my favourite, uh, one of my favourite series of all time. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I really, that was that was the like bread and butter of of my youth uh high fantasy has always been my favorite I grew up uh in a tiny tiny town in northern Wisconsin and I was Mm -hmm. literally surrounded by woods so when I played it was out in the middle of nowhere back in the you know in the 80s when parents let you do that (laughs) (laughs) and uh but I I just spent all that time with my brother and my best friend creating imaginary worlds and and it just that sort of play automatically transferred into the creation of worlds on the page 
And so being able to take a world and make it completely from scratch and fill it with its own religion and mythology, uh, yeah. it's just something I've always wanted to do. And I, I just felt so thrilled that uh, Penguin wanted me to do it too. <laughs> No, and you did it so beautifully. Oh, like you. the religion stuff in there is, is it's not even my questions, but it's some of those things that really resonates on the page. Oh, thank you. Um, but I have to ask about Tess. Of course. And I'm, am I saying it correctly? Tess, yes, Tess. Tess. Yes, because uh, I love a charming thief in a novel. <laughs> I'm always there, especially in a fantasy novel. There's something great about that. Um, was he always such a part of Ira's life for you? Um, you know, when I, I always knew Tess was going to be in the book um, because, yes, yeah. I mean, as – as a longtime lover of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you can't have a party <laughs> without a thief, mm-hmm. right? You know that, it, nope. that you need a thief, you need the rogue. Um, so I, I definitely um, knew he was going to be there. I wasn't quite sure the way uh, or the trajectory, I guess I would say, that Ara and Tess's relationship would take. Um, and so mm-hmm. that was really fun to see it unfold between them organically uh, as I wrote. But yeah, he always figured really prominently um, to be uh, so many things, you know, the, like the, the witty, the witty banter that sometimes becomes yeah. irritating and you love him, but sometimes you're like, why can, can you just not be, you know, such a smart aleck all the time? <laughs> that but, sort of but that's, that's, I feel like that's the hallmark, almost like the great trope of a good fantasy yes. thief, charming, roguish kind yes. of guy. He's got to have the banter. And I think Teth has that in spades. Oh, it's so, it's. Thank you. Well, I love, you know, I love banter. My, my favorite Shakespeare uh, is about to do about nothing. Uh, Be- I think Beatrice oh. and Benedict are the ultimate couple. So I, yes, I, I, I without the banter, I, I have, I need banter for my, my different makes, relationships to develop. It makes sense now. Yeah. Makes sense now that you say that the Shakespeare mm-hmm. thing, that makes a whole lot of sense to me now. <laughs> well, and you, t- and we talk about Teth, but of course the central character is yes. Aria. I keep saying Aria. Sorry. Oh, no, that's easy we talk about- to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Teth, but the central character is mm-hmm. Ara. And she, we talked to, we mentioned it a bit before she's leaving home and she's leaving everyone she's ever known to this sort of great big wide world. And, you know, YA fans of a certain age will definitely be able to relate to that in terms of their own sort of high school to college to going out in the world. And particularly, sadly, in today's thing, everything changes mm-hmm. on a dime. Is that, Was that something that you really wanted to make relatable to people or was it just unintentional? You know, you said it accidentally mirrored your life without even yeah. realising. Um, you know, I think I definitely knew Ara was going to be on a journey of self-discovery. And I, I like, like you said, I believe that, you know, every change uh, in a person's life or in the world is a new beginning and requires a facing of the unknown. And, yeah, and as you said, this is, we're in kind of the most extreme version of that right now. Yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, a lot of why authors uh, I know talk about this and I definitely feel it is one of the reasons that I love um, both working with and, and writing for teens is that um, they're in a point of life where, there's hardly anything that isn't, an, you know, an incredible change. There's yeah. changes coming at mm-hmm, you all the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And it requires, you know, incredible fortitude um, and creativity and, um, and a kind of burgeoning wisdom to be able to face those kinds mm-hmm, of changes. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you face those changes as a teen in a new, unique way that you don't quite ever encounter again of course as an adult you encounter changes but you know you're you're an older adult now so it's a different kind of perspective and I think 
Um, teens just bring this vibrance and and I would say authenticity uh, to to change. Yes. that is is just it's, it's extraordinary. And so that's that's really what I wanted to um, to both express through Ara and also just to also hope that readers would would really empathize with her and also just feel like this is a journey that they want to go on. Yeah. And I think I remember I once was talking to Rachel Kane about it and we were talking about um, YA and why both of us love YA and she likes mm-hmm. to write it. And I think her great point was that in a YA novel, any kind of interruption or problem or, you know, whatever, a teen, the, the young adult character often treats it with yes. optimism and a sense of purpose, whereas often in adult novels and fiction, it can be seen as a, a pessimistic yeah. thing and a, and a detour. And the, I thought it was just a really nice way of sort of saying that. And I think that's so true for your books particularly <laughs> in that problems come, but, like, it's an adventure. It's, it's got excitement and, you know, propulsion. Yeah, thank you. I, I love Rachel Crane is a wonderful human being and an extraordinary author. Yeah. So, yeah, she's she's fantastic. And I – she. Yeah, me too. I love it. <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> um, and in terms of, I think for me, what another part of the book that I really loved, we're just going to go on the Felicity oh. loves these, these, oh, these parts of the book. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, is that we have two female main characters who are different and strong and weak and vulnerable and both have to work yes. together. And it could have been really easy to make them kind of, you know, like the tropey mm-hmm. enemy girls who like fight and whatever. And and I think you did that really well. Was that intentional? Were you deliberate about not having two women oppose each other? Because that's just the trope. Oh, yeah, it was that. It was also actually a lot of me. Uh, so the other uh, character is Namiya and she is the older of mm-hmm. the two twins. And so the, who will hopefully sit on the throne again if, if they're able to take it. Um, and I thought it would be really easy for her to be this kind of snobby, mean girl. But then I, I, I realized mm-hmm. that she, you know, it's one of those things where people talk about, like, their characters speak to them. And and I, I, I don't actually literally hear the voices in my head, but my characters all assert themselves as very real people. And it became yes. clear to me that Namiya um, was actually very mature in some ways. Not in all ways, but uh, she... Mm-hmm. she takes her duty, I would say, very seriously. Um, and and that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it affects everything that she does. It, it completely shapes the lens through which she sees the world. And, um, you know, Ara, she and Ara do kind of bristle at each other every once in a while, but it's, a, it's not because either of them uh, is, is being a, a jerk to each other. It's that they, take, they have to take time to yeah. learn what the other person is struggling with and I think that's the key. I really, you know, I believe in women helping women and, and realizing that yes. we all approach life differently, but that we all have our own strengths and, and you need to try to work through those bristly spots uh, in order to realize that you can create something um, powerful together. Yeah, and I think very smartly the, the, the way that you've written them is that their bristliness isn't because yeah. they're No, oh no, yeah. It's, it's it's not just that it's just because they've yes, got reasons. exactly exactly yeah well I have as we have heard lots of questions but I also have fan questions because I put the word out there and people came came tweeting and DMing yeah, in the Instagrams awesome. so I've had I've had to narrow it down because we could be here all day but I have picked my favorites um okay so the first question is from the Instagram DMs and it's from clockwork.bookdragon oh, wow. 
And they wanted to know is, will you be writing more steampunk books like the Inventor's Secret Trilogy? Oh, that's, well, first of all, awesome handle. Uh, <laughs> that is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I love steampunk. I love the, the maker community. I, I just think they're extraordinary. It was actually, the mm-hmm. maker community was part of the inspiration for, for writing that series. Um, so I could definitely see myself going back there. I also love uh, kind of the mad scientist uh, idea. And so yeah. I, I could definitely see diving back into that. Um, right now, I'm very busy with this trilogy. <laughs> uh, and so I'm, I'm keeping my focus there. But it, uh, I would definitely love to um, return to steampunk at some time. Yeah. And I will say a little, little spoiler alert for everyone who's listening. But if you have been following us and you're a US resident, we have a little surprise coming up for you about the Inventor Secret Trilogy, where next week, if you're an ebook reader, you oh, will be very happy. Well, that's a surprise what I will to say. me too. I'm excited. So <laughs> I know. I know. You'll be, you'll be getting information oh, very soon from me about that. <laughs> but for our listeners, you might be able to get those books at a very nice price so you can, you can get them all read and ready to go. Um, so the, my next question is from, it came from Twitter and it's from Jay Sobara Hoska. And on a scale of one to 10, how rad does she think her cover is? Because it's pretty I guess, rad. I, I, would, I would say, <laughs> maybe give it a, even a 15, a 20. I mean, I, Penguin <laughs> has an incredible design team. They've, they've always given me great covers. I think this one knocks it out of the park. Um, I love, yeah. Well, I mean, I, as anyone who like really likes high fantasy, you know, you know, you're going to have like kind of an obsession with weapons. And so I was like, oh, my God, yep. my, my book comes covered with weapons and fire. <laughs> uh, and so I've also found on the Internet, um, the, the artist who created it, uh, po- she posted oh. the process. Um, oh, and it's so wonderful. <gasps> and I don't have the name off the top of my head. I apologize, wonderful artist. But Oh, no, just... that's all right. You can, you can send it, you oh, send it to me and we'll put it up on our page. I, just seeing how she created it and, and her thoughts about it, it was really fun. So, yeah. yes, I love this cover. It's so – I love it too because when we first saw it, it was just so um, – it was emblematic. It felt like a movie. I was waiting for like, like the title sequence to change and be like oh, starring. Awesome. Yeah, I know. I agree. I just feel like the, the flames fe- seem really alive. You know, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So, and the other Instagram question that I'm going to ask you is from Natalie N. Wagner. And she wants to know what is your favorite thing about writing the books? My favorite thing about writing the books is always when the characters surprise me. Um, I am mm-hmm. not a plotter. Uh, my, my brain is an incredibly okay. disorganized place, but I cannot, I have tried and I cannot change it from being that way. Uh, I, I don't write uh-huh. in chronological order. And so um, oh. what I find is when I'm putting the pieces of, of the plot together, uh, I, the characters are, are the key links. Like what, what I learn about them as I'm writing are what really establish those bridges between the big moments. So I, I always think of my process right. as being like, if you're looking at a giant, you know, those, when you go to an art museum and there are those landscapes that take yes. up an entire wall, you know, I, I can see mm-hmm. the whole landscape, but I can't see the details until I walk up really close. And so yep. it's those details are the characters transforming and basically sometimes just grabbing me and pulling me along with them. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm fascinated. So, do my question to you. I have a follow-on question: Is do you know how Forged ends yes. the trilogy? I, that's the thing. I always know okay. the ending. Uh, I know the ending of each book, right. and I know the ending of the whole thing. Okay, but I have no idea how I'm uh, going to get there. You know, and and sometimes new characters okay. will emerge and take a huge role that I didn't expect, yep. and and so that's. But that is my the surprises are my favorite part of the writing process. Yeah, that would be. That'd be really surprising and fun. Well, okay, you've managed to survive the fan questions. Now we come to the check-in questions. And can you answer these very important, but not at all in, in any way tough, check-in questions for this podcast, which is, first of all, I know that you work from home normally. So what are your tips for people who are sort of maybe doing this for the first time, who are either working or at school or just surviving at the moment? Well, the first of all, I would say surviving is the most important thing. It, 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 you need to take care of yourself. Um, especially, you know, your mental health, uh, just, you know, give yourself space. Mm-hmm. This is a time that's really hard on everybody and you need to make room for those feelings. Uh, I do not, there are mm-hmm. people who have wonderful like charts and prescriptive routines on there. I, those give me anxiety. <laughs> like I said, I have a disorganized yeah. brain. Uh, I have to move through each day as I encounter it. And part of that comes from having fibromyalgia. You know, there are some days where, I have to mm-hmm, pretty much mm-hmm. just be still most of the day. Um, and I, I actually, in some ways, I feel like that's prepared me to, to be able to just, you know, be at home uh, and, and be patient about it because yeah. my body just demanded that from me and still does at times. But even when I was, um, was completely well back in the day, I, I just, you know, I, my book scenes are, they kind of come at me like daydreams all, almost. And so when I, one seizes me, I, I start writing and sometimes that'll mean I write for the next eight hours. And sometimes it means maybe I'll only write for 30 minutes and then go back to doing something else. And then another idea will come and I'll come back to it. So I, I have a very organic way of living uh, and way of writing. Um, the most important thing I also say though, if you're not um, if you're not on complete lockdown, um, then I just trying to get outside right now, I think is really important, yeah. I, especially for me. And we're a little, we're ahead of a lot of the country I know right now, um, when it comes to being spring-like, but, uh, in Calif- Southern California, this is my favorite time of year. All the, the flowers are coming up, yeah. the trees are blooming. I, it, unfortunately it gives me allergies, but I don't care. And I, I have noticed without the people, <laughs> around it is so much easier to observe what's happening in nature like I have been able to watch birds building nests um just it's it's that gives me joy because it it, it reminds me that the world is happening and it it is it exists you know no matter what our stresses are and and I so that that having Mm -hmm. that time to kind of be in nature and contemplate has helped me a lot yeah, and even I think like for oh, yes. the fresh air, like in New York here as well, we've got the same mm-hmm. pretty harsh lockdown circumstances yeah. at the mo- currently, and it is just it's yes, just about I getting agree. fresh air. Yeah, simple as that. Yeah, and no, fresh air is really important. <laughs> I are in LA. They have they call it safe at home, which I I, I think is like yeah, like well, you know, it's so classic LA. It's just you know shelter in place with better branding. <laughs> Right. So yeah, so I just like I as soon that. as I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> so someone in a marketing exactly. department has come up with that, and that 
that's exactly that's part yeah. of joy. <laughs> I love it. Well, for those of for those people who are at home and are, have got a bit of downtime, what books do you recommend that people read? What's your what's on your uh, bedside well, what's table right now? Um, it's Stephen King's The Tommy Knockers. Yeah. Well, I'm one of these people Ooh. who finds like if the world is scary, uh, I find it cathartic to read something scarier. <laughs> Oh, I can see. I'm a lean and scare. I, I have. The, I'm one of the ones who watched Contagion. You know, um, right, and yeah, so yeah, I, uh-huh, I do. Uh-huh. I I read um, one of my favorite books recently was Chuck Wendig's The Wand The Wanderers, and uh, it's an extraordinary yeah. book, but also mm-hmm. involves the pandemic. Um, so, but if you if you're <laughs> steering away from that kind of reading, which I don't blame you at all, uh, I I some of my favorite recent YA reads were I, I finally got around to reading Relu's uh, Warcross wildcard series. Oh, they're so good. Oh, they're so how good. good is it? Um, mm-hmm. And so that was, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed those. I also really loved, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Cause I haven't met her in person yet, but Jeannie Mobley's Jewel Thief. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think and so. She, That's her name. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just and... this beautiful, uh, slow burn romance that's also full of political intrigue it's set in versailles um and it just mm-hmm. involves uh, obviously jewels particularly a really extraordinary diamond uh and it, it's really wonderfully historically depicted but also keeps you guessing and the characters are fascinating the world's fascinating i mean it's the, it's the real world um but she depicts it i think in in a really um excellent way and so I'd recommend that for people who love slow burn yes. romance and history uh and then uh also mm-hmm. uh, Melissa de la Cruz is the queen's assassin um I mean I feel like I just don't even need to yes. say anything because Melissa de la Cruz is just a queen you know <laughs> and she's fabulous yes. in every way possible <laughs> so you know her books are going to be amazing but this is the most recent one and it's amazing <laughs> so you I would also, and I feel, I feel like you guys could have, you know, chats about yes. similar bantering. Absolutely, things yeah. Things I like think that. we we have, uh, we're speaking to the same muse in some ways. <laughs> I love it, and it's a good. News oh, thanks. Right now, yeah, so I think speaking. I hope I hope that she does <laughs> keep speaking. <laughs> well, and so besides books, because everyone needs a break sometimes. What about some TV shows? Anything? I I have been binging more TV than I probably should, but I believe that's 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 one of those things where yeah. I'm okay. That's okay right now. You know. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, I, think I agree. Okay I right do now. think everything. Whatever you need okay to right do. Um, so back on the Stephen King front, um, H- HBO's has okay. made his book The Outsiders into a series, and it is yeah. really good. Um, it it's I would say it's more mystery than than traditional horror. So I mean, for people who are like I hate mm-hmm. horror, I'm like I would I would still I would try it. I think it's really good. Um, I my okay. husband and I just started okay. watching Tiger King. Uh, which is just as crazy and amazing as everyone says. And, and we're, we're both totally hooked. Yeah. So that's great. Um, and I also, when yeah. I need to feel um, less stressed and better, uh, I do like, and this is actually something because this has been true for me since I was a kid. I, I watched nature, nature programs and documentaries mm-hmm. uh, more than I watched oh. cartoons. And so I, I definitely wow. go back to those. And uh, BBC Earth uh, has some really incredible that, ones yeah. right now. Um, so I would re- recommend those. Well, um, and I think there's something very soothing and calming oh, about know. David Attenborough's voice. I know. Kind of I, like this. That would just, yeah, that's a good it's tip. Really good. I like I, and, and they have such the, and camera work they can do now is just incredible. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, so I, I could geek out forever yeah. about nature programs. So I will just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, but then also, you're a bit of a gamer. Oh, yeah. I, so I love, uh, I'm mostly an Xbox girl. Uh, I do play some PC games, but mostly Xbox. Okay. Um, my favorite games are um, open world RPGs. So I, uh, and I love okay. the Elder Scrolls series from Bethesda. So my favorite of those is Skyrim. So basically, you want to basically wander around okay. fantasy yes. Norway uh, and, and like fight dragons. It's really good. It's really good for that. Uh, if you want to yep. plan what you would do if the world does become a post-apocalyptic landscape, then I would recommend uh, <laughs> Fallout 4, which is also, Beth- I really love Bethesda. Ooh. They make great games. Um, but Fallout 4 is really fun. Uh, you get to build, like, you know, survival shelters and stuff. And it, it, it's a really, uh, I mean, it's, it's a bleak landscape, but it's a really fun game. So I would recommend those. Uh, and then if you like to just run around and shoot things, my husband and I are both fans of, the bungee game destiny and destiny 2 and those are that's in space Ooh. so if you like space and running around shooting things that's a good well, one that was... nice there's some good recommendations in there i didn't realize how much well, I'm, weird, I'm, I'm just a like you know rpg console gamer so when people are talking about i feel like everybody's talking about animal animal crossing right now and i'm like what what i don't know yes. i don't know anything about these games and i i have tried to figure out minecraft i don't know how many times but i just don't understand it it makes me dizzy. That's all I know. It makes me dizzy. <laughs> it's uh, as a, as a non gamer, I'm completely in awe of anybody who can get into the gamey stuff. So I'm kind of always like, "What? This looks fun." But I'm like, I stopped at like oh, SimCity. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I, I am familiar with that as well. Um, look, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today on We Are Way. Oh, it was in. so lovely to be here and have a chance to chat with you. Yeah, it was great. And everyone, Andrew's book, Forged and Fire and Stars, is coming this May and is available for pre-order from all good bookstores. And if you're at home, you can also pre-order in both an ebook format and audio from your favourite platforms. Her series Nightshade, as well as The Inventor's Secret, is also available to read right now. You can follow Andrea on both Instagram and Twitter. And next week on the show, we'll have guests including Marie Lu, Sabah Tahir, and many more. We'll see you then. Thanks very much. This has been We Are YA, the check-in.